In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hello, betches, and welcome to Money Please. I'm Berna Anat, also known as At Hey Berna, your personal financial hype woman, bringing you the financial real talk for the real world. You can't see me, but I'm using quotation marks because nothing is real anymore. Today, we are talking about debt. Don't run. I know it's scary. It's freaky. Doesn't have to be. We are going to break down the basics of debt how to deal with it mentally, physically, emotionally, how to start paying it down, and we'll talk about why not all debt is created equal. By the end of this episode, you'll be able to see your debt and yourself with a little more understanding and love and a little less shame. You deserve that. So you can actually consider the options you've got and tackle your debt with your chest. Rich Betches, may I speech? Thank you so much. Okay. Once upon a time, like five years ago, I was in like a cool, sweet, super cute, solid, like $50,000 of debt. Woo! Shame. $38,000 of student loans because a betch had to go to her dream school and $12,000 of credit card debt because New York City. I'll stop there. I think we know what I mean. I was in what I call the debt spiral of shame, extremely unscientific uh, theory here. First, we're all taught not to talk about money, right? And so since no one's talking about it, I assume that no one else has as bad of debt as me, no one has it as bad as me, and also that I'm the dumbest when it comes to debt since nobody's talking about it. That shame shoves me further down the spiral. I continue to stay quiet. I never ask questions. I ignore it. I learn nothing. And it just spiral shame all the way down until I'm eating my feelings weekly. Now, the truth is nearly 80% of Americans are in debt. And on average, an American has $92,000 in debt. That's including mortgage. That means if you walk by 10 people on the street, okay, you can high five eight of them because you're both in the debt gang. And the other two people we could gang up on, honestly, debt gang is like the biggest gang in America. So what I'm saying is you are so not alone. As a matter of fact, you're part of such a huge amount of people in the country who are dealing with a lot of the same feelings and dollar signs as you are. What are the biggest misconceptions about debt? To me, I think it's this idea that debt is evil and therefore having it makes you evil and gross and a sad troll and you smell or something just has all these like really negative implications. Listen, we live inside of capitalism, right? We didn't ask for this. We did not ask to be here or for the system to be this way. That means we often can't afford the things that we need or we think we need to live and thrive and do better than our ancestors did, which is all I'm trying to do out here. Some money, quote unquote, experts will have you thinking that debt is bad. They can suck it, okay? Respectfully suck it. 
Debt is like the reason my mom could have me, okay? Debt's the reason I got a degree. Debt's the reason I could like live in this apartment and live the life that I live. I am debt-free now, but without it, my life would look very, very different. Debt is a tool that a lot of us have to use because in this caca ass system, we have very little other options, okay? So we have to stop looking at debt as like a personal mistake or something shameful or bad that we did when in reality, it's often one of our only choices to survive and or thrive. And honestly, debt can be used as a tool to definitely thrive if we're healthy about it. To talk more about that, y'all... I feel like I'm about to tell you about my favorite movie or my favorite book, and you haven't read it or seen it yet, but you're about to. I'm so excited. We are joined by Yaneli Espinal, a.k.a. Miss Be Helpful. She is the financial educator and director of educational outreach at NextGen Personal Finance. That's how the professional world knows her, right? But I also know her as one of my financial besties. I'm so excited that you're here, Yaneli. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Oh my goodness. That intro was just like a five star. I'm just the heart emojis and the money emojis are coming out of my face. They're just like (laughs) bursting out of my face to see you and to hear from you. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and also a little bit about like your debt backstory, your relationship, your personal relationship and your, your, you and your, your debts like relationship status right now? Yes. Oh my good. Well, I mean, I have to start by saying I am debt-free today, which is uh, such an amazing thing to be able to say. Yes. Yeah. So I've been debt-free since 2015, but that was after a nearly two-year journey of paying off $20,000 of credit card debt. Hmm. I graduated college with one very small student loan from a study abroad program, but I was one of those really lucky kids who got a full scholarship. So um, I had probably about $5,000 in student loan debt and $20,000 in credit cards. And that was my introduction to the world of money it was like you broke and you owe all this money figure it out mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just crazy because a lot of people in those kinds of situations usually you know a little bit about what you got yourself into but in my case you know first generation daughter of immigrants my parents are from Dominican Republic they don't speak English they did never went to school past like the third grade so you know being first gen in all these different contexts first gen American first gen to go to college first gen first gen first gen means it's the first time I'm learning about all all of these things. And I'm like, literally, you know, on the boat as I'm building it or something like that. That's what they say, right? Like figure it out as I go. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, it's one of my, it's one of the reasons, one of the many, many, many long menu of reasons why I love you as a person and as a financial educator is because you bring your first gen and your family and your cultural identity with you everywhere you go, including in your journey to learn about and talk about debt, which I think is so powerful. That's with right. our uh, with our folks here on the Money Please podcast, we are trying to break down the absolute basics. So let's start at the very beginning. And I know you and I are very similar in that we had to sort of like first gen claw our way in through the Googles and the resources to learn about debt ourselves. So right. in your words, what is debt and what are the most common types of debt? Yeah. I mean, simply put, debt is when you don't have enough money to pay for what you need or want. And so you borrow it. 
And that literally means that you are indebted to somebody else, to a person that you borrowed money from or to an institution like a bank. And that usually happens when you don't have enough money to pay for something really expensive, like a car. So you get a car loan or a house. So you get a mortgage or paying for college tuition. So you get student loan debt. So a lot of these things are for really big ticket items that we need in life or that we want in life to you know, be able to achieve the American dream or further ourselves and be successful. Um, but a lot of times people have debt for things that are not a choice, like medical debt. A lot of times people have to borrow money to pay for their medicine or for procedures or surgeries. Um, and then in my case, some people are just reckless and get credit cards and just spend and spend and spend. You know, now we have all this like tap to pay or like pay with your phone or I, your Apple Watch or I didn't have any of that. When I was in college, it was swipe. And so I was swiping left and right with my credit cards and mm-hmm. buying clothes and shoes and going out to eat and going to parties. And so, you know, a lot of people don't realize like that it, it can be seen as this really negative thing, like you're reckless with money. But sometimes debt can be used as a tool and maybe necessary for you to be able to take that next step in your life financially, career-wise, or what have you. Yes, Beautiful. I feel like maybe you were like FBI agent on my microphone from 20 minutes ago. <laughs> we were just talking about how debt is has such a heavy negative connotation, but truly, especially for folks who come from low-income families, lots of immigrant families who are just starting out, debt is like the reason that next generations are able to thrive. So it's important to talk That's about right. how do we get into it in a healthy way so that it doesn't drag us down in real life. Uh-huh. One thing there you that, go. Yes, it's just... We, we need to preach it in this way. We must preach it in this way. One thing that I think confuses a lot of people when it comes to debt is interest, which, first of all, I think is a really weird, strange name for this complicated thing. Could you break down a little bit, what is interest when it comes to debt? And how do I make sure if I'm maybe going into debt, if I'm looking at a car loan or a mortgage or student loans, what do I need to know about interest before I get into debt? Yeah, I think the word interest is definitely annoying and confusing uh, (laughs) unnecessarily. Yeah, for sure. But basically, just think of it as the price that you have to pay. So if you go to the store and you buy a loaf of bread, you got to pay for it. If you go and buy a pair of sneakers, you got to pay for that. You have to pay for the loan. You have to pay for the for borrowing that money. If somebody gives you a bag of money, it could be it could be a bag of bread, a bag of clothes, a bag of books. It doesn't matter what's in the bag. You have to pay for it. And so by putting, you know, with just using this analogy of like I'm getting a bag of something and I'm paying for it. And what something is in the bag is money. And I'm also paying money to borrow that money. And so because it's all money, we kind of needed another word. So it's not like, well, which money? The money that I borrowed or the money that I paid you to borrow, the money that you lent me? It's just very confusing. So we kind of separate these different money buckets. And the one, the fee that you pay to borrow is called interest so that we know it's separate. And then the original amount that you borrow is called the principal. So when we're talking about that, we have these different terms to help us understand, oh, if you lent me $5,000, that's the principal amount I borrowed. And if you charge me 10% interest every year, then whatever dollars accumulate in interest fees, that's the interest, which is all part of what I owe, but can be thought of separately so I can keep track of what I owe and how much I need to pay you and when. Gotcha. So basically, you can borrow a certain amount of money, but interest is sort of like the punishment for borrowing the money, where that's the way that I see it. It's like, like you said, you borrow the $5,000, but what maybe is in the fine print, a little hard to understand, is that if it's 10% interest, that means in all kinds of different ways, 10% of that $5,000 gets 
added onto your debt over a certain amount of time. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. So what are some things that people should look out for in terms of interest when they are, say, about to take out a car loan or about to take out a student loan? What's like how help me understand interest so that it doesn't like topple me over? Yeah. So there's two things I would say. One is just understanding the fact that interest compounds and the word compounding is like ugh, like literally a whole separate vocabulary lesson here. But the, the point is that usually when we think about paying for things like buying that bread or buying those shoes or whatever it is you're buying, we usually think of it like we pay for it and that's it. We don't have to keep paying for it. We paid for it and that was it. It was a one-time payment. But with debt and borrowing, that's not the case. Because think about it, if I borrow money from you and I don't and I just have to pay you a one-time fee and that's it, then I can hold this money for as long as I feel like it because I already paid you and we're we're done. So the longer I hold it, and there's no incentive for me to pay you back quickly. And as a lender, you're like, hold up, no way. I need my money back. I want my money back kind of, you know, quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's why interest compounds. So the longer you owe the money, the more you're going to end up paying, the more dollars are going to keep racking up because you're paying interest fees on top of the previous interest fees that you were charged. And it just gets like a snowball that just rolling down the mountain, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really important to understand compounding is a reason why when you're, when you're borrowing and you're looking at interest, it's not just like this one-time thing, like, oh, I'll pay 20 bucks next month on my credit card bill, big deal. No, it's going to be more the following month if you keep letting it accrue. And then the second thing is that interest rates can vary dramatically. Like it is insane how different they can be. So 3% versus 30%, right? And so it just depends on what are you borrowing for? So if you're buying for a car loan, if you're buying for a student loan, if you're buying it on a credit card, all of these rates are going to vary. And it based, it's based on a couple of things. One is, well, what are usually the kind of 
average rates for that specific thing you're borrowing money for. But then two, which is more important, is what is your credit score? <laughs> because she said yeah, it. Because <laughs> she said it. I had to go Don't there, run. Girl. I had to go there. <laughs> because if your credit score is really good, then you'll be able to apply for loans with really great rates. But if your credit score is really bad, ugh, you know, you're kind of looking like a hot mess to the lenders. And they're like, why would we lend you money when you have a bad score? Which tells us you haven't always paid back the people you owed in the past. So what makes us think you go pay us? Mm-hmm. All right. So we're trying to dispel the idea that debt is all bad and heavy and terrible and like gives you bad skin, whatever. Is there such thing as good debt versus bad debt? Sometimes I hear like some debt is good, some debt is quote unquote bad. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it, there definitely is this idea of debt being either something that's going to be harmful for you financially in the future or something that you might be able to leverage, right? And so again, going off of these little mini vocab lessons, leveraging basically means that you're going to use it, but it's actually going to return something that is much higher in in terms of our financial reward for you in the future. So when it comes to examples, let's think of like paying for college. When you look at the statistics, and of course, there's like a student loan debt crisis right now. So this is a very sensitive topic. Like Mm -hmm. I feel, you know, it's super sensitive. But as a general example, when you look at statistics, there's a direct correlation with getting a college education and making a million dollars more over the course of your life your working career. So if you want to, you know, try to really advance yourself in your career and, and financially be able to try to tap into that, you know, higher amount of potential future income, it might make sense to get more education and go to college. And if you need to borrow to do that, then of course you want to do that responsibly and, you know, as um, efficiently as you can. But that would be an example of good debt because you're going to leverage that to then be able to work a career, work a job, land, you know, new opportunities, network, et cetera, that can make you more money in the future. Uh, And whereas with other examples, like, for example, a car, if you really want this new car and you go ahead and borrow money to get it, how is the car going to lead to more money? It's not. It's going to lead to less money because you have to buy gas. You have to maintain that car. You have to pay for car insurance. The actual car is losing value every year because of deflation. And so you have to think about that as like an example of quote unquote bad debt because you're not making more money from it. However, I will throw in this little caveat. Here's a twist. Here's a twist. If you take a car that you borrowed money to attain and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and use this car to make money. I'm going to be a delivery driver. I'm going to Uber. I'm going to do tour. I'm going to do whatever with this car that's going to generate income for me. Then maybe it's not bad debt anymore because it's leading you to make more of a financial gain from that, even though you borrowed money to get it. Yes, absolutely. And the same could be said, like you just said, for a college degree. That's sort of the general, supposed to be the idea that we pay a certain amount for a college degree with the idea that later we're obviously going to be so in demand in the job market and people are going to want to just throw us all kinds of money that we pay off our student loans. And then now that we have that degree, we could just keep running into the capitalist sunset to become a billionaire. (laughs) That's the thought. We have – I have so many other things I want to ask you, Danelli, but I want to make sure uh, that we honor your time and also that we keep a little bit of juice for our loose change segment. So for now, we are going to say goodbye to Yanelli Espinal. You can find Yanelli uh, at Miss Be Helpful. What else is popping with you, Yanelli? What do you want the people to know? 
Oh, oh my goodness. So much work, 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 work. Um, I have, (laughs) I'm working on a book called Mind Your Money, which is coming out and it's named after the same kind of, um, title for my podcast, which is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful. I am continuing the fight, the good fight to try to get every single high school in the United States to offer a personal finance class. So if you want to figure out, you know, how to get involved in that work, you can check me out at ngpf.org. Oh, Beautiful. Thank you so much, Anel. You are now all of our new financial bestie, auntie, supreme uh, godmother in here. And I hope everybody follows you and follows all your work because you are brilliant. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, love. If you want more of Yanelli, and I know you do, because I always do, you can catch her on our Loose Change episode coming up later this week. Okay. Let's get this week's Money On My Mind email going. Each and every week, I answer your questions about anything finance related. Send your emails and your questions to moneyplease at betches.com to get them answered on this year's podcast. Okay, let's get into it. Hi, Berna. Hi. I'm loving the show. This is exactly what I've been looking for. As a freelance artist, my finances have always been like a wild roller coaster ride, and they've been even crazier since these few years since the pandemic started. Raise your hand if you feel that. Me, I'm raising both of my hands right now. You can't see them. I've been lucky enough to be able to keep working through it all, but there have been some very skinny months and some better ones, nothing consistent. Even though I've always tried to avoid using my credit card too liberally, I've had to resort to it in some of those drier months, drier years, and at this point, the debt has grown to be a bit intimidating. I've luckily had a string of good months and do have a bit of money in my checking account right now but I'm unsure if I should be saving that money for a raining day in case work dries up again, or if I should be trying to erase my debt as quickly as possible. What's the best approach to working my way out of debt, and how should I be thinking about it? Thanks for your help. Sincerely, Mrs. Debtfire. Cute name. Okay. First of all, I feel a little bit like, I know I talked about this before, I feel a little bit like you're maybe the FBI agent in my phone especially within the last three to five years. Because when I got into a wild amount of debt, I was in a very similar situation that you were in. I was freelancing in New York City for like three or four years after having left a full-time job. And to be freelance artist in any large city means to get into credit card debt. That's literally where my 12K of debt came from. I am really glad you're starting to think not just about like, oh my gosh, I'm in debt, it's wild, but how can I be strategic about the money I already have and approach it in like a a sort of smart timeline? I want to say congrats to you, first of all, for thinking about this in like a linear kind of plan way, because too often debt freaks us out when it starts to mount. But what I think you should do is this. We just finished talking to Yanelli, Miss Be Helpful, about debt, and she pointed out something really important. It's that we are in a specific sort of time right now with the pandemic, with the with the pandasol, with the pandemonium, that there are different rules around debt at the moment, right? If you are looking at student loan debt right now, uh, depending on you know where you're at and when you're listening to this episode, right now in time, and it might change in the future, we have been able, blessed to stop our student loan payments for a certain amount of time because the world is ending, essentially. And as of right now, we don't, if you have federal student loans, you don't have to make a payment on them until January 2022. That could change, subject to change. It's real unpredictable out here. But I think it's a really, really good moment to take advantage of that and focus on what you need more than anything as a artist, as a person who kind of makes your paychecks all over the place. You need an emergency savings. 
Now, I say that knowing that it is hella hard. It is hella hard to save money while you are working and trying to live at the same time. But I'm giving you verbal permission to put your federal student loans to the side for now because debt will be there no matter what and build up that savings so that you feel emotionally, physically safe enough to like live another month. You know what I mean? A lot of our financial anxiety comes from the fact that if something wild were to happen tomorrow, we have no financial fallback and we owe money. So let's take out that one element. I would say work on that first. And once you have a healthy emergency savings, which we will talk about in a future episode, we can start to work with your debt. Mrs. Debtfire, I wish for you financial peace and love. Uh, and I'm with you, man. My, my former freelance New York City person is right there with you. So I'm proud of you. One other thing you should keep in mind is that there are certain kinds of debt that are quote unquote more evil or kind of more punishing or just like more ratchet than others. Credit card debt is like the meanest mean girl of the debt because it tends to have the highest interest rates. Like Yanelli said before, interest rates is basically how a, a financial institution kind of like whacks you over the head every month because you didn't pay them back yet. Whack, whack, whack. Credit card debt typically has the highest interest rates, and so you're getting sort of quote-unquote punished for having that debt. So if you were going to attack any type of debt right now, like I said, I give you, Auntie Financial Hype, Auntie Berna gives you permission to put aside the federal student loan anxiety for now. Focus on that credit card debt because getting rid of that means getting rid of kind of your, your grossest and most moldy debt. Get that out of the way so you can manage the rest of it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, folks, it is now time for the Public Forum, brought to you by public.com. Okay, let me tell you a story. The public.com community is hella diverse, right? Like the world around us. 40% of their members are women, 45% are people of color, and 90% of their members are both first-time investors and long-term investors. I just, I love it in this club. So every week, we're opening up the forum from RDMs to answer all of your questions and give you one small thing to do or to Google that'll take less than five minutes because I know ain't nobody got time in general. And now it is time for our deposits in the DM segment. You sent us questions in RDMs and Simone Biles knows no one has the time or energy to do anything these days. So for these questions, we're keeping our advice DM friendly, giving you one short thing to do or to Google that'll take less than five minutes. Get you down your own rabbit hole. And to help share your DMs, we have the producer, 
pushing the buttons behind money, please, Jorge. What's up, Jorge? How are you? Hey, Berna. Pretty good. How about you? I am good. I'm ready to get all DMing up in here nice and quick. What do we have in there so far? All right. Our first DM says, is there any type of debt that's better than others, like that I should be less afraid of? The worst type of debt is the debt with the biggest interest. The smallest interest is your least harmful debt. Smaller the interest, better the debt. I also want to say, don't be afraid of any debt, okay? That issue is yours. That tool is yours. You'll get on top of it. The smaller the interest, the better the debt. To all of my med school baddies out there and my medical friends who have the fattest kinds of debt, I want you to know about my friend Nasima, aka Financially Intentional on Instagram and YouTube. Last year, we did a debt workshop. She is a nurse. She's pursuing financial independence, and she's a bad ass. So I need you to Google Nasima at Financially Intentional. You're welcome. Great. Our second DM is, is credit card debt the worst thing in the world? My fiance has a ton of credit card debt, and I'm worried that it will be a huge burden after we get married. Credit card debt is not the worst thing in the world, but it is amongst the worst debt. I would say if you're putting together a debt plan, put that thing in the front. That is the first big boss in the video game of life. Prioritize her. All right, moving right along. What does it mean to consolidate debt? I see that phrase everywhere, but I don't really know how it actually works. Consolidating debt is like if you were to take apart a burger and every part of that burger is a different kind of debt, you're like, oh my God, this is stressful. Consolidating debt is putting all those pieces together into one burger. So you're not making seven different kinds of payments. You're making one payment all at once. What I want you to be aware of though are scams, all right? Consolidating debt can be a little tricky and you're gonna wanna do some research as to what companies will consolidate debt what are those hidden fees? And are you actually going to be paying less or more than what you were paying before? Get sneaky, do your research. All right. If I have several forms of debt, how do I decide where to prioritize larger monthly payments? You're going to want to put your largest monthly payments towards the debt with the fattest interest. I say that with fat as in P-H-A-T. Fattest payments towards your fattest monthly interest. And here's what you definitely want to do. Call up your lender, your student loan provider, and say, hey, I want this FAHAT payment to go towards the principal of my loan only. That means the actual main part of the money and not the interest. If you don't call them and tell them that, they might do some wacky stuff with your interest and you're not going to be helping your debt. Got to call them. Got to say those words. And last up, should I keep paying off my student debt or just wait for the government to cancel it? Am I a fool if I keep paying it off? Okay, I'm going to direct you to our loose change episode coming up later in the week because Yanelli puts this really, really well. But I do want to say in the spirit of F the patriarchy, don't wait for anybody to cancel anything because we don't know what's going to happen. That debt is yours. The control is yours. And the cancellation stuff is unsure. It's all you, boo. Get after it. All right, folks, that was the public forum brought to you by public.com. Remember, Send in your questions to at Wen's Happy Hour on Instagram. And don't forget to check out public.com to get your investing party started. I'm already there. I brought you a drink. You can find me there at Hey Berna. Now, there are so many options for buying stock, buying cryptocurrency, or just like buying little pieces of your favorite companies on public and just kind of dipping your toe into the situation. It's very easy to get started. And it's also very easy to just like watch what's popping and go in when you feel like. Plus, all new members get $10 worth of free stock when they sign up. 
get your free stock. This is not a question. Visit public.com slash Betches to sign up and get started today. Okay, my rich betches. That's it for this episode of Money, Please. Be sure to rate, review, follow the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Tell your friends about it. Tell your mom about it. Tell your financial advisor who kind of intimidates you about it. Tell everybody, especially the ones who need financial help. Spoiler alert, that's basically everybody, including me. You know who we are. And follow us. Submit your questions to When's Happy Hour on Instagram or email us at moneyplease@betches.com. And follow me on Instagram at HeyBurna. Until next time, I am wishing you love, peace, and refunded fees. Betches.